Welcome to episode number five of She is Fierce, Stories from the Female and Gender Queer Perspective. I'm Chessa Betancourt. I'm Chessa Betancourt, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And hello, everyone. I'm Linnea Ingalls, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. We are a storytelling event and podcast that shares and amplifies stories from women and gender queer slash non-binary people and facilitates artistic partnerships between storytellers. Although we haven't had a live event in... Quite some time. Oh, yeah, October 2019 was our last live event. You weren't. Yes, it you was. were already gone by that time. I wasn't even here. Yeah, yeah or there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into what this episode's all about. So it is a full recording of a live event we did in 2019 uh, in collaboration with the Museum of Pop Culture um, for their opening night of an exhibition called A Queen Within: Adorned Archetypes. Um, And this exhibit was an exploration of female identity and archetypes through contemporary fashion, photography, film, and artwork. It featured six incredible storytellers who we love very much, and it included Lori Lynch, Allison Lee Brown, Honey Pluton, Alyssa Yeoman, Tootsie Spangles, and Eliza Delpanonley. And just note, we have an incredibly long time in between our recording time and when we publish these podcasts. So the person that you hear introduced themselves as Claire Pluton and now goes as Honey Pluton. Um, let's get into the real questions. What's the real Chessa, question? I, uh, Chessa, you know what I've been wanting to ask for a while. <laughs> A long time. Uh, and I'm glad that we're here gathered today to discuss it. Um, I need to know the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn in your whole life. Think back. Oh, boy. I feel like there's been some some doozies. <laughs> I feel, okay, so the thing that I thought of was, like, middle school-ish. I feel like my slash maybe all of humanity's most embarrassing things come from the middle school era. But I'm just thinking about, like, the things that I used to think were, like, the coolest things in the world. Like, like when we would, like, wear wear spaghetti strap tank tops on top of, like, wife beater. I hate oh that phrase, God. but, like, the white, like, ribbed tank tops. Or, like, yes. like a lace, like, negligee type, like, thing underneath, like, a graphic layers. tee. Layered on layers. That is, like, from, layers. like, a little boy's, like, baseball team. Yes. Absolutely. Or like, I would do like, like long sleeved and spaghetti straps over it. Yes, you know, and then like a very short kind of frilly skirt. Yes, and I just think about like the combinations of things <laughs> that I used to be like looks great. Um, Nailed it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And the tiny tiny vests. I don't know if you ever had like the tiny tiny oh, vests. I had so many. That just like tiny made vests. you look like a weird magician, like an ill-fitting magician. <laughs> it just it made no sense. Oh my god. Yes. Or like uh, yeah, some sort of bellhop or like or like service person who like dried their clothes so many times that they <laughs> <laughs> and they just, just, they shrunk just couldn't replace shrunk them. And shrunk. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And the um okay, I don't know if you also remember this, but like this just a really long skinny scarf. That, like, made no yes, sense. Yes, that you went around and around and around yes. and, like, it got in the way of things. I am mm-hmm. specifically remembering that with, like, this brown corduroy, like, embroidered jacket that I used to wear. And I had a really long skinny scarf <laughs> yes. that, like, got in the way and sometimes choked me. But I, for some reason, was like, I have to do this for fashion. <laughs> I've got to do it for fashion. Yeah, it was uh, it was atrocious. But we did it. I had very straight hair. And yet I still straightened the fuck out of my hair. Yeah. 
to a I, crisp. Yeah, I also straightened my hair all the time. Actually, I was just telling Jordan that um, that lately I've been just letting my hair sort of do whatever it does and, like, not doing really anything to it. And it's, like, the most I've liked my hair. And I'm like, well, there you go. It only took me 31 years to figure out that I just needed to, like, leave my hair alone. Oh, yeah. Just let it, just let it, it be. be. Like, it's yes. a natural state. What's your most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? So I'm going to go back even farther. Uh, so it was, I think, third grade that I realized I decided intentionally was like, I know what's sexy and it's tucking my polo into my jeans. And <laughs> that is going to get all the boys and they're going to see me and they're going to be like, that's a hot girl. And it's like, <laughs> I love that as a third grader, you were like, I got to think about what outfit is sexy. I know. <laughs> it wasn't even about the outfit. I had polos and I had jeans and it didn't matter in which combination I put them in. As long as the shirt was tucked in, I was looking mm-hmm. good. I will tell you that. Leaves a lot to the imagination if there's no access. Yeah, to me, right. You know? If you <laughs> B- provide all up. of the access points. <laughs> um, I did also ha- go through this phase in elementary school of wearing all one color. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would wear a day of all blue, all black. And then sometimes I would wear a mix of blue and black. And Ooh, those were the, my three outfits. Blue and black. Yes. The only <laughs> colors were blue and black. I didn't have anything more interesting than that. But I did my best, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chessa. Linnea. What's the favorite, the most favorite thing you've ever worn that you've ever loved to wear? Um, I think it's these pants that I actually put on this morning because I was like... What? I think that I need a little bit of a boost of happiness. I also feel like I haven't been getting dressed very intentionally lately mm. because I haven't really had reasons yeah. to. Um, so I put on these pants that you might remember them. I got them in India mm-hmm. a long, long time ago that they're like bright purple and then they have like yellow flowers all over them and they're very f- big and like flowy. Oh, yes. I do love and those I, pants. And I always just like really... I never really wear them like two specific things, but I just love them. I just love them. And I just, they always like, they're very comfy, but they're also just like a very beautiful thing. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm very fond of them. Yeah. And it's nice to have something that you just wear for yourself, you know? Yeah. It does feel like I'm not even really wearing them because I like the way they look on me. I'm wearing them because I just like, like having them on me. Like I just enjoy their company. Oh, you, just you and your pants hanging out, baby. Just me and my pants. Yes. What about you? Uh, I feel like, okay, so I was thinking of this one dress that I wore once upon a time. It was never mine. I never owned it. Um, but it was at this, um, like, closing night party of, like, this immersive show that I was in called Storyville Rising. And this dress was unbelievably beautiful. It had a completely sheer top. And um, just like this really heavy, long black um, with like a long slit up the sides, both sides probably, somewhere. There's slits somewhere. Um, (laughs) um, Just like so, so elegant and lovely and like looked like a nebula, I think. But so I am very self-conscious about how different sized my boobs are and like so my nipples are in different places you know what I mean I never knew this about you (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, I try to keep my insecurities under wraps. So whenever sure. I think I'm perfect. Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, and I was like, I can't wear this. Like, my nipples look weird. They look like they're in different, completely different sides of this galaxy dress that I'm wearing. Um, but uh, the people that I was with backstage, this woman was like, do not worry. First of all, I was like, y'all, I'm worried about my nipples being in weird places. And they were like, oh, let us see. We'll, it's probably not that bad. And then they looked at me. They're like, mm, yes. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> Christ. Um, but they were like, do not worry. We have a trick for you. And they gave me these, like, really sparkly red sequined pasties. And they were like, you put this one right in the middle of your nipple. You put this one a little bit above oh. so like the center of it is like not where your nipple nipple is but it still like covers the whole like areolas section yeah um we're getting wow we're really getting into the deets of my body getting into the um, deets. <laughs> uh and um it was just like and then i just like felt so even though like i don't know i was just like i just was like i am gonna do it and i did the whole um, night with this beautiful dress on with these pasties and I um, even though having nipples in different places is totally fine and great I just was like need that little kick to be like you can do it Linnea get out there with your boobs yeah and um, it was one of the first nights that I spent with my now boyfriend so oh it was that dress um <laughs> Yeah, it was the dress. Yeah, it wasn't the, the personality, but it was the dress. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I feel like that's also, like, the role of clothing is to, like, support the, the like, version of yourself or, like, support the, the yeah. like, vision of yourself that you're, you get excited about. Yeah, I also recently had a great session with my therapist um, who ended up being, like, you know, you don't need to you don't need to like suppress your like leo self and like it's okay to want to look good and to like love the like part of performance part of yourself is performance and that's not necessarily bad that can be something mm. that can feel really fulfilling and like fun and freeing um and like adorning yourself is part of yourself and like that's all you know, you're great without the adornments and with the adornments. And that's all part of who you are. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're like feeling that way as a culture about makeup too, that like, mm -hmm. there's this like first wave of makeup feminism. That's like, if you wear makeup, you're fake and terrible. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this like new wave of like, no, makeup is really fun. And yeah. clothes are really fun. And like looking beautiful or sexy or like interesting yes. is really is like an art form and is really fun and is part of your yes. expression I, part of your gender expression like all of those things yeah and those don't have to be bad like tools no. of patriarchy no because it's like if you get too much into the area where it's like well you can't have any adornment you can't want to do makeup or look nice or care about appearance at all like that's totally erasing a part you know i've of femininity that should be valued mm. and just because it is feminine doesn't make it bad if that makes sense yeah totally I feel anyway yeah <laughs> no I feel like that's such a lovely place to move into 
our episode. Yeah, um, let's do it. Yeah, this was this was such an incredible live event. Um, our storytellers were all so well supported and just like hyped up by the audience. I felt like mm. it was it was really the reason why we love gathering and we haven't gotten to gather like that in such a long time. I've no, I've not been in a like room where stories are being shared or a performance room like that in such a long time. And um, yeah, it'll be fun to return back to when everybody could be in the same place <laughs> and listen to stories. Um, and this will actually be my people. first time listening to this. So I was outside of the room when this happened. Oh man! So yeah, I'm very. Right. So I'll be going on this journey with you, dear sweet listener of ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think I was in the room the whole time either because we were sort of running around the museum and coordinating yes. and stuff. But yeah, we were doing yeah. producery tasks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So everyone, please enjoy a queen within. Enjoy. Pull 
simple, simply put. She's here. But she can't do it by herself, right? There is behind every, you know, woman showing off her washboard abs, there is a very small gay man who <laughs> wants to make sure everyone knows how beautiful she is, and that's obviously Bob Mackey. And Bob Mackey, it was a fashion designer, he's still alive, and I mean, it's like, to me this outfit represents, it's more than Cher, right? It's this like, diva dumb, this diva worship that transcends time that still we know about to this day. She's a fucking baby boomer, and I know who she is, right? She was born in, what, 1946? I'm making that up, maybe, but it's old. She's old, she's old. You know, this is Tina Turner, this is Diana Ross, this is Shaka Khan. It's like a legacy of women who were in the time period that they were that chose to say yes to everything, yes to being sexy, yes to being themselves. It's mwah, it's amazing. This is pre-Met Gala camp, okay? So uh, this is way before. I watched clips. I wasn't alive in 1986, so I had to go on YouTube, watch some clips. She's... Oh, no offense. I mean, I, I mean, I think I was because, you know, I'm alive through every decade. I'm everything. I'm nothing. I live all my lives at once. You know what I'm saying? I was there. I am here. I'm here now. And I'll be there tomorrow. But she's presenting the award for best supporting actor. And these men are fucking hideous. They're so ugly. Like, Robert Loja, who's that? He looks like a brick. And she is just, like, so gorgeous. Like, it's too much. And she also wanted to be the center of attention because she got snubbed. She wanted to be nominated for best actor for her role in Mask, and she didn't get the nomination for the Oscar. She got it for the Golden Globes. She was like, Maggie, make me a star. And there she was. She was nominated the year before, but she didn't get the Oscar. She's transitioning. She wants to be, you know, this double, double, triple threat. And so when I look at the relationship of someone like Cher with someone like Bob, it's really inspired. You know, these are two people who understand that if you want to be a star, if you want to be famous, if you want to leave a, 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 a mark, an infinite mark on this tiny, insignificant speck that we all have to be circling around. You gotta go big, baby! You gotta make sure everyone knows who you are. And so I'm always really like grounded by that. And it also made me want to think about, you know, what it's like to be like the muse and the master. You know, what is that relationship? Like what informs who? And all of the art that can come out of two people who truly love one another so much and are inspired by making sure that everyone knows how beautiful it is to always be seen. Like that's what it is when you look at like Judy Garland, when you look at Carol Burnett, you know, when you look at these women who, you know, especially at a time no one wanted to take seriously, because before she even gives the award, she's like, her quote is like, oh, you know, obviously you can see I got the handbook on what it looks like to dress like a serious actress. Like the whole thing is a giant fuck you. Like she knows that this is all a game, this is all an illusion, and she can play it exactly how she wants to get what she needs. And I think it's, it's great. And I also really love Cher because even though she sells sex, she's kind of asexual. You know, like after Sunny, like who was it? Tom Cruise? Like that's fucking fake. Like none of that's that's real. Like none of that's real. She did Richie Sambora. Like it's not realistic. Like there's no way any of it happened. And so it's she's a lesbian, he's a lesbian, everyone's a lesbian. 
They don't tell you that, but you astral project and then someone tells you on the other side. Um, and it's just the truth. And so when I look at, you know, pieces of work that were designed by Bob Mackie and, you know, put on women like Cher, it just reminds me that when you are yourself in such an extravagant way and want to take up space in places that want you to be quiet, then everything feels more possible. And that's fashion, people! Yeah! Wear a fabric boa, free bleed, do whatever you need to do. Okay, I'm Claire Pluton, thank you. Um, yes, obviously it's hilarious, so please listen to it. Next up, I would love to introduce Allison Lee Brown! Hey, y'all! Hey! Oh, okay, that was cute, but like, I don't think it's better than that, so I'm gonna do y'all how to do my students. Hey, y'all! to believe it, try to convince the person that told you that you were not the rightful heiress to the throne you know you were born to sit on. <laughs> Bullshit. We calling it quits, sis. See, we were meant to glow. That's why our skin is made of gold. Our lips drip of honey, our thighs too thick, our mouths too quick, our backs are homegrown and strong, our hips sway, our necks roll, our hair is our crown. Our eyes glisten like the sun. We are divine. We are the chosen ones. Black Nubian sisters worthy of God's greatest love. Hey, yo, I love the way my, my, my style complements my sophistication. How my yellow dress matches my yellow personality. Because, see, I was always told my spirit was like the sun, luminous. I like the way my, my thighs don't hide no more how my clothes cling to the parts of me that I was once ashamed to own. Cause see, I walk different when I'm stepping in style, hey. <laughs> Cause my, my clothes are an extension of me. It's just another way for me to tell the world who I be. Yeah, I'm Allison Lee Brown from head to toe. My melanin's so poppin', baby, any color will go. <laughs> now, you know, sometimes I like to rock my all black. But I'm an actor, so that's the explanation for that. <laughs> because see, uh, my style is just another way to celebrate my ancestral greatness. Because black people invented swag. We got do-rags, box braids, fubu, and baby fat. Yeah, we invented all of that. Our culture, our style, our freedom, our expression, our fashion, my fashion. It's just another way to honor the queen within me. Thank y'all! <laughs> Next up, we have someone you've already met, but you probably already adore, because I know that I adore her, Miss Tootsie Spangles! 
I pick up the top issue of YM, which stands for Young and Modern. A teen heartthrob poses seductively on the cover. You want to be like me? You want to know the secrets of being a woman through fashion, beauty, and dating tips? Yes, please. Finally, the guidance I have been looking for. I have been walking in the shadows, but I have found the light, and the light is women's magazines. I'm young, 14. I'm probably modern. At least I will be after I read every single one of these. And I do. I spend more time studying those glossy pages than I ever spend on pre-algebra. I want to be like every actor, model, and singer in that magazine. They're all so sexy. I want to be sexy. And one day, I spot them. I'm flipping through the magazine, and right between the, slim, uh, the advertisement for slim fit tampons and the white eyeliner tutorial, pleather pants. For a sleek new look, this fall's new must-have comes in a variety of colors that won't break the bank. I spend the next several weeks saving up all my money for dark maroon leather pants. I step into my sexy new britches, and they squeak and creak in plastic-coated protests, but eventually fit like a very, very sweaty glove. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna wear these to school tomorrow because tomorrow is school church day, and at school church day, I get to be a Eucharistic minister, which means I stand in front of everyone and pass out the holy bread and wine. The body of Christ. The blood of Christ. Peace be with you! I'm gonna praise the Lord our God in the most banging pair of pants possible! I get to Mass. I'm ready to strut down that aisle. I'm looking like posh, but feeling like ginger. <laughs> when I feel a tap on my shoulder. Excuse me, don't you think your pants are a little mm, inappropriate? No, they are technically well within the dress code. Well, I was talking to Monsignor, and he thinks your pants are a little inappropriate. You can stand in the back. Bummer. So, I stand in the back. And I watch as all my classmates file in, and I can feel their looks, and I hear their whispers. What is she wearing? What a slut. In a sea of Mary's, it seemed I was the Magdalene. <laughs> but that's fine. It doesn't matter, because next year, I'm going to go to high school, public high school. And I won't be around these sheltered nobodies that don't know anything. I bet they don't even know the fashion fundamentals. I know you all know them, but let's review. Number one. No white after Labor Day. I'm not sure why, but it's what we do. Great. Um, number two, the rule of balance. For example, if your neckline is low, keep your hemline long-ish. And number three, the most important one, express yourself. Oh, I'm going to express myself. I'm 16 now, and I'm going to express the shit out of myself in prom. Now, the only thing that feels my prom obsession more than YM Magazine is those early 2000 teen sex comedy movies where 30-year-olds play 18-year-olds and everyone participates in a magically elaborate choreographed dance at prom looking super hot. I check my reflection in the minivan window one more time. It's prom nights, baby. 
I'm feeling like ginger and looking like ginger. <laughs> My dress is a asymmetrical red cocktail number I brought from the internet. I even changed the bands in my braces of Violet Scarlet to match. Now, my dress suggests sexy tango dancer, but my tall teased hair says, thank y'all for the country music award. <laughs> that's number two, that's the rule of balance in action. When I get to prom, everyone is wearing poofy princess dresses and sleek hair pulled back into butterfly clips and staring. That's fine, I just need to loosen up, I need a song. Like they do in the movies, and some of my castmates from the spring musical are here so we can do one of those magically elaborate choreographed dances. Oh! All right, so I make my way up to the DJ booth. Excuse me, could you play something fun and upbeat, maybe a little sexy? Brigadoon cast assemble! Right before we start, the DJ makes an announcement. This goes out to that girl in the red dress. And then I hear my classmates, oh, what an attention whore. What a dumb slut, what is she wearing? And then, like musical lemon juice to a fresh emotional wound, the fun, sexy, upbeat song starts to play. And it's Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> You've heard it, right? It's a hot track. But that's fine, okay? It doesn't matter because someday I'm gonna move to a big city and I'm gonna be around people with actual taste. And I do, I move to a big city. I move to lots of big cities. And I hear, what are you wearing? Do you really think your body is right for that type of clothing? You can't wear that. That's too sexy, that's too frumpy. You're wearing too much makeup. You look really tired. You should probably put on some makeup. What are you wearing? I'm wearing my favorite LBD. It has pockets. Yes, pockets! I bought it despite the fact that the saleswoman tried to talk me out of it because you can see my thighs and quote, your thighs are kissing. Yeah, they're making out pretty hard with each other right now. But I don't care, really this time, truly this time. I don't care because now that I'm at the age where I'm finally old enough to play a teenager in an early 2006 time, I've outgrown the helpful tips and tricks of grocery store periodicals. Um, I don't care anymore because no matter where I go or what I wear, I'm not dressed right. My body's not right. I don't care because I cannot spend any more time on this planet caring about if someone doesn't like my sequins or my beautiful fat ass. Thank you. I do still follow the fashion fundamentals with a couple of edits. Number one, wear what makes you happy. Clara said, feather boas, booty shorts, wizard capes, whatever. <laughs> Number two, say no to racist Halloween costumes. Knock yeah. yeah. that shit off. And number three, the most important one, express yourself.
Um, I wore uniforms for most of my life. You might in fact say that I dress the way I dress today because I grew up wearing uniforms and always being told what to wear. I had a rigid Catholic school uniform from preschool through high school. In elementary school, we had a plaid skirt with a white polo top. In middle school, I was stoked when they added khaki shorts and pants to the dress code. Finally, I didn't have to worry about scraping my knees playing basketball at recess or having my skirt flipped up by immature classmates. By high school, I was going on 10 years of wearing uniforms, and I was pretty much done. <laughs> I found every opportunity to customize my uniform within the rules. They even started modifying a few of the rules because of me. <laughs> boots were banned after uh, I kept showing up in chunky snow boots with my plaid skirt, and this was in California where snow boots are just cosmetic. <laughs> Hats were banned after I came in donning a large derby hat accessorized with chunky jewelry. <laughs> Some people loved the uniform. They loved not having to think about what to wear. For me, uniforms were this demand for conformity that I was just looking to break free from. I sought self-expression and individuality wherever I could find it. But even outside of school, I was in uniforms. In ballet, we wore pink slippers, pink tights, and a leotard of the color of the level that you were in. Uh, at church, I had to wear altar server white robes with a tassel belt. All my sports teams had uniforms. It was hard to get too creative with rule bending, but I found my ways. <laughs> In volleyball, I sharpied smiley faces onto my knee pads, and <laughs> one tournament, we got called out by the referee for wearing too much glitter. <laughs> they asked us to remove the curly ribbons that we had used to decorate our jerseys, citing that the opposing team could be distracted by the glare of the flare. <laughs> Even on the rare, cherished, free dress days without uniforms, I was surrounded by other types of dress codes and fashion expectations. Many of my classmates were wealthy, like international students whose parents could afford to send their children to American boarding schools wealthy, like uh, classmates who spent free time shopping at Coach, Victoria's Secret, Juicy. Now, this was a dress code I was not interested in, or more truly, one that I could not afford. Uh, so I started being very outwardly proud of my anti-brand clothing stance. Whenever the subject of my outfit came up, I would relish admitting that I got it at Ross on clearance or at a thrift store for a steal. It's been years since the last time I was in an institution that demanded what I would wear, but today I have my own dress code, my own self-enforced strict set of do's and don'ts. No pink, no camo, no khakis, no blue denim, no appropriating cultures that are not mine, nothing too feminine, nothing too mainstream, no brand names or logo clothing. I mean, I love what I wear, I love my clothes, but looking back on why I came to dress the way that I do, I'm realizing that so many of my choices were actually anti-choices, subtle opposition stances to what people thought I should wear. My uniform has become the manifestation of all the things I do not identify as. But the thing is, the whole point of dressing against those rules was because I didn't want anyone to tell me who I was. And now I've made my own dress code that tells me how to dress like who I want to be. <laughs> Clothing is in some ways a superficial pursuit, but it's also an access point for a deeper conversation around identity. Who are we when we're not the universal experience, when we do not fit into majority or mainstream, mainstream expectations? How can we find our identity when throughout our entire lives, we've only been presented with identities that are not ours or do not feel quite right? In whose image can we create ourselves? 
I see the beginnings of answers to those questions as I look to our subcultures. Thankfully, there are enough people retaliating from certain mainstream standards and constructing their own positive identities. I feel camaraderie towards the bright colored, costume wearing thrift shoppers with their dyed hair and tattoos. I see bits of myself in those who play around with funky over the top femme looks or bold androgyny, challenging that gender is anything but performance. I feel proud of all my POC friends who show up looking elegant as fuck, letting everyone know that they should have been inviting the royalty to the table forever ago. <laughs> and while I do relate to all those groups, I also have a bit of imposter syndrome in each of those spaces. I'm not quite any of those things. Sure, I'm not white, but I'm white passing. Sure, I'm not straight, but I'm not completely out either. Um, I dig the thrifty, funky fashion culture, but I also don't feel completely a part of the cool people group identity that seems to come with it. I've been feeling more and more lost in the space between what I am not and what I am. So it's time for some introspection. Time to refine my style, mine. But in the meantime, as I struggle to figure that out, I still have to put clothes on. <laughs> I still have to wear something every day. When I look to my closet, what I really want is an outfit that says, I don't care what I look like. I exist in myself exactly where and how I exist. I am malleable and ever-changing, and I don't need to explain myself to you. I've started wearing pink again, because sometimes I like pink, and femininity be damned. I mean, the only rules I'm breaking now are the ones I've decreed. One of my favorite things about how I dress is that it's a conversation starter. People approach me to ask about my shirt or my earrings. By the way, ask me about this jumpsuit. The story is pretty funny. <laughs> and maybe that is the positive identity in me that I want my clothing to capture. That I love being playful and offbeat. And I want to adorn myself in such a way that when you look at me, you can see a reminder to have fun, to be abnormal. A reminder that even though there are rules of conduct in society, rules that guide us toward what we should be and how we should act or dress, that those rules are more fun when we accessorize them, coat them in glitter, when we unzip them a little or ignore them completely. Thank you. Empire waist shirts and leggings. 
<laughs> I dreamt of wearing overalls and suspenders with button-up shirts and a bow tie and a belly bigger than the one I already have. But I was sick. And I mean, not like the dainty kind of morning sickness <laughs> where the person who's pregnant runs out of the room and throws up and then comes back in feeling refreshed and better. <laughs> that was not me. I could barely get out of bed. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm really um, a good birth control for folks. <laughs> but when I took the medication for the vomiting part, um, then there were this whole other host of um, side effects that Really, all I can say is they did not make me feel like a queen, right? And then after the baby was born, I had this wound, this C-section wound that took a really long time to heal. And all I could think about during this time was I want to wear leggings. <laughs> now, leggings have a purpose. They're damn comfortable. And some people really like their style, and that's great, and I do too, especially when they're gold, and gold lame, paired with a tutu. Now, when I came out of this fog of everything that had just happened to my body, and uh, I, I, I felt who I was, uh, I realized I'm a dandy, right? And I realized I'm doing this thing this thing that was supposed to make me feel all powerful and strong and like I could conquer the world. And I did not feel that. I felt broken and lost. And within that lost feeling, I realized my dandiness, that the leggings needed to be peeled off my body so that I could stand in my queerness again. And it's been coming up on two years since that uh, birth, and I'm finally feeling my dandy self again. Dandy, it's like masculine with a flair of feminine, you know? It's that. It's all of this. It's the standing tall in who I am, right? It's the queering being a mom. It's the queering what it means to be gender queer. Right? And my four-year-old gets this. My four-year-old really gets this. And one day, my partner was taking him to school, and he said, Mama, I know. Mommy is like Rainbow Dash, both a boy and a girl. <laughs> now, if you don't know who Rainbow Dash is, Rainbow Dash is a My Little Pony character. Rainbow Dash, she is a pegasus. She is, has rainbow hair. She is a member of the Pony Daredevil flight team, and she is fiercely loyal to her friends. Now, when my partner told me he said this, I'm going to be real. I've never felt more seen in my life. <laughs> Ever. My four-year-old gets it. Now, I think you should probably follow me on Instagram because we're probably, as a family, going to be My Little Pony characters for Halloween or just on a random Tuesday. I love dressing up. I love dress up. Clothes make me feel strong. 
I am a true thespian archetype. <laughs> I love entertaining people. I love telling stories. I love making people laugh. I love expressing myself with words and my body and behaviors and clothing. And in the word, word, not word, in the words of another queen, I'm burning through the sky. <laughs> 200 degrees, why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm traveling at the speed of light. I want to make a supersonic woman of you. Don't stop me now. Don't stop me now. I'm having a ball. I'm having a good time. Thank you.
Um, we're gonna get to take home one free item from Limited Two. And I never got to shop at Limited Two because my mother deemed it both out of our price range um, and not modest enough. Uh, my mom is an avid thrift store shopper. Um, the person who can find Yves Saint Laurent at a Goodwill type of thrift store shopper. Um, and I have expensive taste. Um, <laughs> and I think this story is part of it. Uh, we get to Limited Two, it's super exciting. We're like, okay, what are we gonna take home tonight? What is this gonna look like? We're about to get styled by the cool older teens. You know, they know a lot. <laughs> Versus us young teens who know everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we get to that limited two and everybody starts to go crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna pick out, right? What are we gonna do? Um, I start joining those ranks. I'm like, okay, cool, let's search through this limited two. Um, at this time at 11, I didn't realize that my boobs were already a C size because I was still rocking the no bra life. Right, because I'm like, boobs aren't real until I decide they're real. <laughs> None of this is happening to me. This is happening to all of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. We get an element too, everybody's going crazy, picking out stuff. Um, at the time, and still now, I really loved 70s style. I felt like 70s style was this perfect iteration of this carefree persona that I had already perfectly curated at the age of 11, right? Where I was like, I'm so sad, but if everybody thinks I'm chill as fuck, then we'll be good. <laughs> oh man, it wasn't really long until we were in that limited two where I realized that nothing was made for my body. Um, limited Two is a place where you go if you want to look like a future Fast and the Furious actor. <laughs> a lot of whale tail, that's what I'm saying. I didn't have a body for low-rise pants, I didn't have a body for small shirts as my boobs were growing. I started looking and I was like, okay, I want to find something really cool, 70s style to wear, because we're going to strut our stuff in this partially abandoned mall, you know, this is it. <laughs> this is the pinnacle of my Girl Scout career. Fuck big top cookie seller, I'm gonna be the Tyra Banks of this mall off I-35. <laughs> I'm looking around and I start to realize, like, I don't know what's gonna fit. I wanna, I'm picking out all the things that I like, and soon a cool teen tells me that the things in this store were not made for my body. This isn't the first time I've gotten that. I grew up being a dancer, and there was often times where people would wonder, how do we get shoulder, how do we take out shoulder pads and dance things that don't fiddle with the small shoulders, but she still got long legs and a big ass, right? I mean, I'm sure they didn't say big ass because I was not old enough to refer to it as a big ass. Um, <laughs> I would hope. Oh, man. And I'm there with this pile of clothes in the dressing room. I've just been told by a cool team that this isn't the store for me, and I find myself crying. Um, I'm the last who's gonna do the little walk down the aisle right into the hallway of the mall and back. <laughs> um, and I found this shirt. I found one shirt in there, um, and it's a brown shirt. And I already had hated wearing the color brown because people told me that it matched my skin too much. Um, so I was terrified of that color. Uh, 
And I'm like, okay, this is the only shirt that even kind of fits. Um, these pants are too tight, but I'll still wear them because they buttoned. Um, <laughs> but here I am with this brown shirt with this beautiful flower collar, and it has this little tie-up top to hide my free titties. Um, <laughs> my free child titties. Um, <laughs> I can only say that because it's about my own. But I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna do this, right? This is gonna be the item I take home. I wipe my tears away, I strut my stuff like I don't care that nothing else fit me, and all my friends are in clothes that fit them, right? Um, I walk back in, they're like, what do you wanna take home? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm taking home this brown shirt that I don't even feel confident in because people already told me that I should be wearing brown. But whatever, I'm gonna wear it home, I'm gonna pretend like I had a great time just like all my very first tiny white friends had a great time. Um, it was the longest drive I've ever had back <laughs> after a Girl Scout field trip. Usually I was excited to get home to tell my mom that I didn't get caught for you know putting someone's underwear up on a flagpole <laughs> or whatever it is. I got my fire badge, which was also exciting. <sighs> But I finally get home. We get back to the parking lot where our parents are supposed to pick us up. Um, my mom was always very hyper aware of the fact that not everything was made for everybody. My mom was white, but she was blessed with the ass of a black woman. And I think that's where we identified the most. <laughs> I get in the car, she can tell that I'm upset. But I didn't actually have a great time at that field trip like everybody else had had. And my mom looks over to me and she's like, that color looks beautiful on you because it matches your skin. And she's like, and it's also your style. You've always been a hippie child, just as I've known you to be. And then I wore that shirt for three years straight. So <laughs> thank you so much, Evan. That was a queen within. Woo! Woo! Yes. Uh, we'll include all of the like storytellers' websites and their info, social media, places you can find them in the show notes, so that you can follow them and support their work. Uh, this podcast is produced by me, Chessa Betancourt, and me, Linnea Ingalls. Our theme song is by the wonderful Shelby Easley. You can find our us at our website, sheisfearstories.org, or on Facebook and Instagram at sheisfearstories. Stay. That's it, y'all. Oh. Stay fierce. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I was trying to read we this We just script. do it again. Okay. One, two, three. Stay fierce. Stay fierce. Hmm. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do one each. Okay, I'll say stay. You say fierce. Okay. Stay fierce. <laughs> that one was not as good. Uh, we'll do this fierce. one. Yeah, we'll do this one in a uh, Scottish accent. Okay. Fierce. <laughs> wow. She is fire. She is flame. She has voice. She has name. Oh, she is fearless. She has seen years. Oh, you don't know. Oh, oh. oh she is
Test, test, test. Let's get into um, let's get into the real question. Um, let's get into the real question. 